New Black Nation, your political digest with a Black conservative twist. Hello, everyone. This is Brandon Wang. And this is Gregory Victorin. And we are so excited to bring another episode of New Black Nation podcast, your conservative digest with a Black twist. Uh, today, we are going to be talking about some very important issues that I think matters to everyone. Um, but of course, we, you know, try to link things back to the Black community as always. Um, but end up always kind of talking about something that generally affects everyone on a national scale, right? Um, and the big topic that we're going to talk about today is people actually walking the walk in like the majority of their movements. And I think in this segment, we're going to really try our hardest to kind of look at both sides and really see instances where, you know, people are talking the talk, but not walking the walk. Um, and you all know what that's all about, right? You, you, you see those climate activists going out there, you know, shooting so hard about why climate change needs to happen or we need to go all green or do the new deal. Um, but yet there's some of the most, big, the biggest polluters out there. Um, or you see sometimes how Republicans will sit there and talk about, um, you know, let's lower taxes or let's lower government spending, but yet they continuously sign bills um, that include massive amounts of spending. You know, I can, the list can go on and on. And I think that's what we're going to really kind of talk about today more specifically, and also give some more clues as to how you can really make change. You know, is it really going and burning down buildings? Is it really going to protest in front of a city building? Or is it actually attacking the establishment that actually pays the elected officials who are supposed to be doing the job. You know, why are we so cratered into, you know, attacking city public buildings who are making the policies in quotations, I'm using air quotes, you can't see that right now. Um, and we're not doing anything to really attack the corporate businesses who actually fund the campaigns or give them in many cases, the policies that they put into law. <laughs> um, and <laughs> we're going to be talking about all these fun things. And as we always start out with every episode, um, I've already sent out the questions there, you know, a bunch of different questions for us to kind of talk about. And uh, I'll toss it over to Greg and, and get his commentary on some of the points I brought up. Well, I don't know if you remember eight years ago, uh, well, more than eight, eight years ago when, um, uh, what's his name from Miami? Um, got killed. Um, There's so many people that get killed in Miami. No, the young kid, um, Zimmerman. Um, oh, I think that was in like Jacksonville, Florida, or something, though. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, it was in Florida, but yeah, not Miami. I don't think it was yeah. in like Jacksonville or something. But yeah, yeah, yeah. You remember her mother was all over. There was one. Um, there was protesting one kid. His mother pulled his ears, you know, slapped him to go inside of the house. She was all over the news how 
a good job she did to stop her son from rioting, um, burning stuff down, or trying to attack the police. I don't know if you remember, she was all over the news. They was giving her kudos for the good job that she had done um, controlling her kid from not attacking the police in the street over this death, right? Mm -hmm. And now, eight years later, this thing happened. The same people that was inviting her in their network to employ her is the same people that sending people to go burn down buildings and attack um, different people and attack police officers. It's a double standard, you know, and which is why I always tell people, you know, what what's different? You know, what's the difference from now, now versus eight years ago? And what's gonna be different today versus four years from now? Because we hear, you know, they want to remove Trump, they want to remove Trump. Okay, you want to remove Donald Trump and you want to replace him with Joe Biden. Okay, then what? What does he offer you? What did he say he was going to do for the black community? What did he say he was going to, uh, uh, what policy did he put in place to change? So they're having us running around in circles and they're standing back and they're manipulating us to do their bids for them whenever it's necessary for us to do it. And when they don't need us again, they just pull us aside and forget that we even existed. Yeah. And it's it, it's funny because they're the, the number one party or the number one group of people in a party or a political party that just will not like hold their representatives accountable. Like <laughs> if if you had Republicans going out there and, and saying all this random stuff just to get them happy and they just never do it, you know, you're going to see Republicans just revolt by either doing their own Tea Party, French Party, or, you know, they just won't come out to vote at all. But people on the Democratic side, despite generations of not getting anything done for them, still come out and vote. And it's just well, amazing to me to see why they come out and actually do that and why they still do that. <laughs> you see, the, uh, the difference is uh, these people, they're so emotional. It's not even funny. It's not even about policy no more. It's about their feelings, you know. Um, they will rather someone like Joe Biden to lie to them in their face and behind closed doors passing um, bills and policy that's going to criminalize their children versus Donald Trump that's talking those um, um, smack like he's talking, but he's actually putting policies forward that to improve the black um, um, community. Okay. Yes, he doesn't know how to talk. He's not uh, um, uh, uh, a mm -hmm. He's a businessman. He's always been that way. And people in his circle, Joe Biden, Hillary Clinton, they all know that about him. They all know this is how he is uh, and this is how he conducts himself. He's not a seasoned politician, but Joe Biden is a seasoned politician. And if you look at his track record, um, you know, and you see the things that he pushed uh, forward. If you hear him um, in the 1993, he was in the Senate 
um, when he was trying to get the um, the crime bill passed. You you know what he says? And I quote: He said, "We need to put those predators in jail to protect our children from them." Unquote. This is what he says in the Senate floor when he was trying to get the 1994 crime bill passed. And, you know, they asked him about it. He still said he, he's proud of it. He hasn't apologized for the crime bill that um, he passed, you know. So I, I just don't, uh, don't um, understand it. And the reason that why people are still going out and vote, remember, they do not have a voice. Black Democrat in this country does not have a voice because they see if you step out of line, what's going to happen to you. So for that reason, they have to stay in line. Regardless if they agree with the policy or not, they're going to stay in line because they know if they go against the establishment, what's going to happen to them and what could happen to them. So they're not going to go against them and they're not going to say anything um, you know, to piss up their um, establishment. Because even though the Democratic Party is um, diverse, they're still not in control of anything. I mean, and are they really diverse though? Because and this is going, then this is going, and this is going into the whole topic about the: Are you really walking the walk? Like, are they legitimately diverse? Like, are there legitimately black people in power? you know, in the ranks of the Democratic Party that are actually making real decisions that change the trajectory of the Democratic Party? And I think the answer to that is no. We kind of talked about that in another segment, you know, maybe a few segments ago or a few episodes ago, rather. Um, And we said that the vast majority of, of the Democratic Party is still very white, you know, and you know, you can say, you know, they've gotten their half black token, you know, Kamala Harris, you know, to kind of interject a little bit and say something. But you really don't see them really amongst the party leadership. Like, when was the last time we saw, you know, a, an actual viable Democratic chair or Democrat party chair like when was the last time that we see a lot of the people who do major fundraising events or um, you know make certain policy changes within the party Um, how many field organizers do we have you know that are black um, in the Democratic Party how many leadership roles you know specifically for campaigns or specifically heading up states or Democratic um, Council you know or local coalitions in the states. I, I don't really see an, an enough of those. Well, if you look at what's going on in the Democratic Party right now with um, AOC and the squad and the young ones, right? Um, a lot of people think, you know, if Joe Biden do get the house, everything is going to go good money for them. It's not. There's a war going on with the Democratic Party right now with the... Um, um, with the younger um, generation that's in there right now that wants certain changes and Nancy Pelosi refused to work with them. So them themselves is divided, right? Now, we ask the question, just because they're diverse, are they really black? And the answer is no, right? Because 
just because your skin color is black doesn't mean that you know you are black. I mean, in reality, yes, your skin color is black, you're black. But remember, Tiger Woods said he's not black. <laughs> so <laughs> oh, I didn't remember that. And did he consider himself Asian? Huh? Did he consider himself Asian? Well, he is mixed. Oh. He, I mean, he is mixed. So I mean, well, yeah, but he said he's not black. You know. Uh, <laughs> I mean, but he could, you know, but he can, you know, he, I mean, he has every right, I guess, to say if he's, if he thinks he's black or he's not black. I mean, if he has something else in him, you know what I mean? Because for example, uh, my, my argument with that, I think is always, you know, if they, you, you know, if, for example, someone is half black and half white, right? Uh, everybody can always say that they're black, Right, exactly. but why can't they say that they're white? They're white. Exactly. You know, you can say they're black. You can, you know, keep saying like Obama was always the black president, but actually Obama was the mixed president. Yeah. <laughs> you Obama know, the first was, mixed president yeah, in the United States. Really <laughs> you understand? Because look at it this way, right? Who raised him? You understand? Uh -huh. yeah, true. All, all these things count, you know, just because you know you're black, it doesn't mean that you was raised around your black people, it doesn't mean that you was raised in the same struggle that they was raised in. It doesn't mean none of that. You could be black and you you uh, um um you were raised in a nice um house that has six, seven bathrooms, you know, that have a lot of uh, um um guest room, this and you know, you could raise very well and very well educated, and they inform you in policies their ways, and they use you to fool the black people to say that I am black, but actually your policies shows that you are something different. So, and that's how I look at it. And the other thing too, money by people. You could be black and, you know, they bought, they buy you. So once they buy you, who 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 do you worship? You understand? Just because you're black doesn't mean that your agenda doesn't mean that you have black people best interests in mind. It just means that you are black and I am black. That's it. But you're looking for yourself and your family and school everybody else. And that's what we've been seeing. Um, if you remember when AOC first um, got um, accepted in the house, right? She claimed that they they had a meeting, a special meeting where uh, um, a bunch of rich people came and told them that how they was going to run the house and what bill they, they were going to have to um, to pass through. And she rejected, and she came out, you know, and let people know what just happened, and you know, throughout the media, and the view Ruby. Um, Goldberg latch at her saying that you should shut up and learn. You just can't. Nobody asks you for your opinion. Listen, I'm like, are you serious? Like, this is a young person that's trying to tell you that this system is corrupted and this is what they're doing behind closed doors. And you're shutting her down because why? It, does, it, it goes against their principles. It goes against what they're trying to achieve. It, try, it goes against what they're trying to do. They're not concerned about black people. They're not concerned about the poor. They're not concerned about none of that. The concern is their foundation and their foundation is the 1%. Yeah. 
Yes. And that that is most certainly a, a big topic. And that brings me into my next layer of this conversation um, that I mixed into about, you know, why are we really not pushing this message towards the one percent and 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 my my more specific question is why are we not effectively doing that because we have bernie sanders right going out constantly talking about the one percent you now have a whole bunch of democratic socialists that are saying okay one percent okay that's great we keep talking about the one percent but yet when we have these Black Lives Matter protests, when we have all of these things going on, all of these things are attacking small businesses. This is the irony of that. You know, they're attacking small businesses. They're attacking people who are already, you know, just trying to make ends meet and just trying to put food on the table. They're not actually attacking the 1%. They're not actually making the 1% feel bad. You know, they're not hurting their pockets any, you know, and this is where it always kind of leads to my, my talking point of, you know, but it's a very relevant one. Um, my, but it's, you know, a very relevant talking point that, that says that people don't realize that they are the ones who have the power. What do you think funds the 1%? Like who funds the 1%? It's regular everyday people who actually support their businesses who actually put money into their businesses. You know, people are so angry with what's going on in their state capital or so angry at what's going on in Washington DC particularly or primarily. But what they're not connecting is is that the 1% are the ones who are instructing them on what to do. You know, they're putting the bills out for them as you just mentioned in your last monologue and you just you know, and it, it, it baffles me to this day because those same people who complain so much about all of the systemic racism and quote, air quotes again, you know, and all of the systematic issues we have in our country, they continuously support the companies that sponsor the bills, essentially, that they hate so much. <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> well... The devil's biggest trick is to convince people he does not exist. You understand? So they're trying, listen, it's not about, you know, equality. Because if it was, like you said, the 1% right now should have been hiding in a closet. It's about their agenda, right? If white people that's walking with them, Black Lives Matter, feel so guilty about what they have, Please donate a million dollars to us since you feel so guilty of what you have. I'm not saying that okay, right, actually create small business loans, right? And exactly. give people a chance, like internship programs, so people can get more experience. Yes, something, <laughs> to, something to make us, you know, have a fair chance and opportunity, right? But they're not doing that. You understand? Can you imagine if they went after the rich? Uh, um, after the 1%, Amazon wouldn't be out there running their trucks up and down. Why are you attacking small businesses? I don't care if it was white-owned, Spanish-owned. Small business owners are losing their life work. 
They didn't have nothing to do with anyone's death. They didn't kill nobody. They feel just as guilty uh, um, as we do. Why are we attacking them? And why are we attacking them for standing in front of their store to defend their stores or to defend the statues? If you had a problem with those statues all these years, you had the House, you had the Senate, why you didn't pass bills, you know, if you feel like those people that represent those statues, they, they're racist, why you didn't take care of those problems before? Why use the people right now to do it? It's because, again, black people, they are the easiest people to be used and manipulated. And I'm not saying but it's it, not even black people though. Let's not even let's not even just go on our own people. Yeah, it's everybody. People. It's every single American that's out here. Yeah, every but, single American is going out and supporting the businesses that they talk so much shit about. And I just don't understand that. It's the but, same thing that they do in politics. Yeah. They're literally saying and, and creating their own flash mobs that will do absolutely nothing but just cause a, a, will actually give more money to the one percent because then the news media will cover it and get a bunch of views and get more money in advertising so i mean again every single thing that they're doing is literally continuing to push the chain forward like everything that they do is making systemic racism, systemic whatever, income and wealth egalitarian, whatever you want to call it. It's making it continue all the time. And the one thing that they can do and the one thing that they really could do is to just stop supporting companies that don't have their best interests in mind. Don't but feed to their bottom line. And then they will be forced to change because they will want to get continue to get a profit share. I, I agree with you, right? And the reason that I say black people, what platform are they using? Black Lives Matter. You know, that's the platform they're using to do this, right? But it's this not even mostly black lives anymore. It's mostly white people who have taken <laughs> over the thing. It's not even really black people at Black Lives Matter anymore. It may have started out with, with a good purpose and it started out with, you know, some hardcore black people that really cared about changing some of these issues and advancing this topic. But today, Black Lives Matter and Antifa are majorly filled up with middle-class white kids who feel like they want to go out and do something. Yeah. <laughs> so well, we can't really even say Black Lives, like, because Black people are saying, no, we know this shit doesn't work. Like, we know that burning down buildings does not work. You know, yeah, it's white kids. It's right. It's white college kids who are like, "Yeah, let's burn it all down," because I'm a nihilist. Yeah, dude. And I'm just like, no. You know, and and black people realize that, and black people know that that shit doesn't fly. You know, and it's just like because they've seen that already. They've, it's like been there, done that. You know, we know that if we go out and do that, they're just gonna go and say, "Oh, look at these angry black people." So they know that. But but my my qualm here is not with black the black community alone. My qualm is with every American person. Like we really need to be a lot smarter about the things that we do. And I was just having this conversation yesterday with my boyfriend and my best friend who was over. Um, and you know, 
I just went down a list of all of the hypocritical, stupid things that people do on a regular basis. Like, for example, for let's I'll name a couple just so we can kind of have an idea and talk about them. Um, Chick-fil-A argument. You have all these people talking about how bad they are and how much they're not going to support them or whatever. Okay, you guys kind of guys have a right idea. If you want somebody to change their politics, you 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 basically hit them with their money. And we were able to see that Chick Fil A was able, you know, quickly kind of came out there and said, "Okay, we're going to stop donating to these specific funds, like or gay conversion uh, funds and all this other stuff." You have. Um, but then you have people doing things and, and, and going out and supporting, for example, uh, and buying coach bags or Louis Vuitton, you know, or all of these other companies that, you know, have child labor or who abuse their workers. You know, you have all these union workers, right, who are these people who are saying, yeah, we're here for workers' rights. We're here for all of this. But yet they're still supporting all of these companies from China and they're not doing anything to really bring about an era of made in america where people can have regular employer rights you know so that's completely hypocritical to everything that they're doing climate activists which is my favorite thing to talk about all of these uh, climate activists and quotations are talking about oh we need to reduce emissions we need to do this and do that but yet all of them are using plastic bags every day, you know, when they're using their sandwiches, sandwich bags. And of course, of course, I'm not saying all climate activists, you know, but I am, I'm, I'm not talking about the hardcore client activists, activists who really walk the walk and they live, you know, the right life to their ideology in, in that sense. I'm talking about the majority of the people who call themselves client activists because the majority of them are living in luxury high rises, they have SUVs, they have like, you know, they don't, you know, maybe recycle or like I was saying with my boyfriend and my best friend the, yesterday, they, you know, think they're doing something good because they decide to re separate their cans and their bottles, right? But then they never even think about where the cans and the bottles go. All that happens is that we send them to another country who just would do the same thing that we do, either burn it or put it randomly in some kind of a landfill. So they feel like they're doing something and it makes them feel good, right? Like these feelings that everybody likes to have. And it does absolutely nothing. So it's just like contradictory. Like we're, we're spending all of this valuable time that we have on this earth, you know, focusing on stupid shit and stuff that just does not, does not advance an agenda or create any type of solution. And it's just amazing to me that we continuously do that. And, and, and you're a hundred percent right. Because in New York, right, they have the recycle law, right? And what people don't know, the same garbage truck pickups everything. Everything goes to the same truck. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, people do things just to, you know, just to feel good about themselves. Right. <laughs> they don't have any real agenda. They just, they want to feel good about themselves. They want to, you know, people to say that they did something good. So they do something to make themselves feel good. But in reality, they really don't give up then because now when you finish doing all those recycle, like you say, you have to ask yourself the question, what are they doing with them? Or where are they going? Because if they go into a small country, 
Are you happy with that? Are you satisfied with that? Isn't it the same problem that is being caused? So you're 100% right. Um, for example, the company where we work at, which I'm not going to mention their name yet, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, do you know that in some different offices, they punish people if you drink anything that's not Coke product? Wow. You understand the hypocrisy, right? Do you know (laughs) they'll write people up? Well, most of them are the black workers that work for the company that you work for, right? Um, And and, and the different side. They actually wrote them up if they find them drinking something that's not a Coke product. And they, they could actually lose their job over it. And, and, and this is what That's I'm saying. Insane. <laughs> yeah, this is what I'm saying. Like people are so afraid um, of losing their job that they can't do the right thing. They can't say what's right. Because if they do, you know, they're going to lose their job and there's no one that's going to support them to speak out, right? So I told my manager, listen, I don't drink garbage and no one's going to force me to drink garbage. And period. You know, um, mm-hmm. I and Coke is your client. You want to support Coke? That's fine. Let people that drink Coke drink Coke. I don't have anything against people that drink Coke. But if I don't drink it, why are you pressuring me to drink something that I do not drink? If I don't drink that water, why are you pressuring me to drink that water? Uh, uh, um, for what? And you talk about oppression. You talk about, you know, um, uh, uh, black rights or black lives matter. All these things, you know, if you're going to talk about black life, you have to talk about every uh, uh, structure of it, like from the from the workplace, you know, um, all of it has to be discussed because the same people at the job, you know, that's out there saying that, oh, you know, we have to do this, we have to push for this, we have to push for that. But in the company where they're working, it's the opposite. It's the opposite. Black people doesn't get that good raise. They don't prepare them to go to the next level. So it's like, it's a game. And the only way that you will know it's a game, you have to be in it, you have to leave it, you have to witness it to know it. If not, you will always think that, oh no, that's not the way it is. But based on my experience, it's all nonsense. And people need to um, wake up because after this whole thing is over with, when no- uh, comes November, we need to ask ourselves this question, what are we going to get? What is it that we want? Why is it that we're doing all these things? What is it that we're asking for in return? And I haven't heard anyone say anything yet that we want them to do for us. Yeah, that's true. And that's why nobody's really talking about really policy change, you know, effective policy change. Um, Because it's like people don't, you know, know what the hell they want to do because, you know, they or they know already that the agenda is already set. So they don't want to give people any more fire to talk about anything that's outside of the status quo. 
you know, <laughs> they want everything to be status quo. They don't want any change and they want to keep the system the way it is, if not make it better for corporate businesses. And that's what they want to do with it. I mean, and, and you know, I like, for example, another level of hip- hypocrisy is kind of like, you know, in my own party, you know, the Republican Party. And, and by the way, for all of our audience members, you know, I've officially, you know, just come out as a Republican. So, <laughs> you know, so I just, you know, I've I finally made the dive after watching the RNC because I absolutely just loved it so much. But, you know, and and so now I, I, you know, I'm just a Republican. I'm a Republican that wants to get back to business and get back to tradition and get back to where we were as a party to be the party of change in an effective way um, and a party for expressing yourself um, and allowing the things that are not the norm. You know, you know um, you're going to get punished, right? Oh, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I know, right? Because it's going to be um, the evil Republican guy who wants to change things. Are you kidding? <laughs> but, you know, it is what it is. But with that being said, you know, I will talk about some things that, you know, are not great in, in our party. And, you know, one of those things is uh, the spending, you know, for the government. I mean, every year we have so many conservatives, and I'll put that in air quotes, talking about how they we need to balance the budget and that we need to cut spending and i'm like all right yeah i'm there with you we need do you need to cut spending we need to be a little bit more proactive about where we're placing our money um and really you know see where we can make the most benefit from from what we're we're getting in tax dollars um but what candidate is actually doing that you know they constantly vote for things that are way too expensive um they are way too wasteful you know so it kind of defeats the entire purpose of, of of championing um a message or or a, a a talking point that says yeah yeah bad government you know lower government spending blah 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 you know and it's really never done um so it's like you know, and, and one kind of revelation that I had, you know, a political revelation um, that I really had while talking with my friends was that, you know, people, people have to realize that people are paid to spread an ideology and they're paid <laughs> to make you believe an ideology like even if they don't give a fuck about the ideology like most of these people don't even care about what they're fighting for no. like and i use this all the time again i'm i'm sorry but i'm attacking the client activist again you know client these client activists the majority of them don't give a fuck about what they're fighting for they just know that they get paid and they can feed their families another day by talking about how the world is going to end in five days because of <laughs> climate change, you know, and it's just like people just I don't think people realize that because I think we get so caught up in all of these things and we get so emotionally charged about all of these things. And we just have a tendency to forget that. And it's like people will say even if and that's and that's why common sense policy doesn't happen, because no matter how good a policy might be and no matter how great this recommendation may be, there is always going to be someone to counteract it because they are paid to counteract it. <laughs> yeah. 
Like, can I get your response on that? Because that's that, that's like that was like a political revelation for me yesterday. You know. <laughs> Let me give you the first one, right? Uh, about you say about the policies, right? If you watch the convention, both both convention, not one of them talk about policy. Not one of them, right? And second thing, what you just say here, right? You take Megan Kelly, for example, when she left Fox News and she went with the other network, right? I don't know if you ever watched her show. No, I never really watched her oh, show. She's phony. Like, you should see the way she changed. All of a sudden, she's apologizing for stuff that she wouldn't normally apologize for because it's always been her views and her policies in the... Um, in uh, the uh, news network, right, uh, um, has a prog uh, progressive, right? One thing that she said, and I'm trying to figure out what did she say wrong that they're asking her to apologize and stuff, right? And she's talking about, um, um, you know, um, Jesus, um, Jesus, Jesus is not black, he is white, right? And because he, she left Fox News, now she's in different network, they, they asked her to issue an apology, and she did. And I'm like, okay, regardless if you think Jesus is white, if you think he's black, if you think he's Hispanic, if you think he's Indian, um, um, Indian, are you worshiping him the way you should be worshiping him? That's the question you should ask. Forget the color and the culture. Are you doing the right thing by with your neighbors? Are you are you respecting your neighbors? Are you, are, are you respecting the people around you, right? And it is so, um, it's so real what you just said because people have to realize those politicians that's pushing those uh, agenda and they're pushing those issues, each and every one of them get paid to do so. They have money behind them. Yeah, and they have really nice book deals with American yeah. bestsellers, or you know, because the whole they didn't realize that. Like, you can write any idiotic point you want, and so yeah. long as people you find people that care about that and can get emotional about that, you just sold a book. Like, Think hello, welcome that. to the book writing industry. Like, <laughs> Think about it, Bill Clinton, when he left office, he basically was bankrupt. Now he's filthy rich. <laughs> this thing doesn't happen by accident. No, these things were planned and stuff. So you know, uh, uh, um, you, you you look at the vice president for Joe Biden. You look at all the records and stuff. You could say, okay, I'm going to support her because she's a woman, because the Democratic Party, they're all about making history. They don't care about policies. It's all about history. It doesn't matter if she was the right person for the job or not. Because of George's death, oh, we need to pick a black person so we could show that we end up, we end their side. So they picked the black person with the worst record for her. <laughs> and that's the person that they put in front of us and they want us to swallow our throat and swallow our spit to go vote for that person. People still not over what they did to uh, Bernie Sanders. People still not over 
dealing with Joe Biden, and then you push the worst candidate down their throat as vice president. And some people will go out and vote saying that she's a woman, we're gonna go vote and support her. That's all good. But they, they have to remember one thing also, if they do get the house, you can't go complain and ask for anything because they didn't promise you anything. Nobody yeah. promised us anything. That's true. Even your, your girl, Nancy Pelosi, she, you know, she even admits on, uh, you know, on, on TV that there are specifically blue districts and they will always vote blue. And she was just very nonchalantly, very smugly saying that, you know, when she was talking about Alexander Ocasio-Cortez, um, yeah. another one of your girls, she, um, yeah. she said, yeah, I know she hates her guts. And she said point blank in, her, in an interview and I was just watching it and I was like, oh shit, because I saw it on Twitter, passed around. I'm like, oh shit, she really just went out and said that. She must have been like drinking a little bit before because she was just very real on that interview. And she was just like, you know, there are some places, you know, it's a blue district, you know, of course, anybody, anybody that's, you know, anybody that has a D next to their name is going to get that seat. And I'm like, <laughs> and she was talking exactly about Alexander Ocasio-Cortez's thing. And then she tried to kind of pull, pull it back a little bit. And she was like, well, I'm not taking it away from, you know, her character or anything. She's a great, you know, she's a great girl, you know, when, <laughs> but you can even tell that she was being so phony with her, you know, but she was being real at the same time. She's like, she had a D by her name, you know, she was able to pass her primary. So obviously she's going to get into the office because everyone there is going to vote Democrat regardless, no matter what. <laughs> and that's just so smug, you know, how smug can you be and how into yourself can you be to kind of outwardly say, say a statement like that, even well, if it's true. Well, here's another one, right? Um, doing, doing the convention, um, Michelle Obama made a statement and I, and you know, I wish she didn't make that statement because, you know, then, then she has to ask us a question, you know, um, about what she just said. She said, any woman that had voted for Donald Trump goes against their own value as a woman. Oh, and, yeah, that's like uh, Joe Biden saying, you ain't black if you ain't voting for me. Yeah, <laughs> so and I'm sitting down and I'm thinking about the statement. I'm like, hold up. When your husband was going against Hillary Clinton, why, why you didn't make that statement then? And I guarantee you, you voted for your husband versus Hillary Clinton. So now you said any woman that had voted for Donald Trump versus Hillary Clinton went against their own value. You see, the, you, do you see the, the double standards that we're talking about? It's like, you know, when they go high, when they go low, we go high. No, you don't. The Democratic Party don't go high. They go lower. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> they do go lower because they're, they're some really <laughs> facetious people. Like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> People are applauding. Oh, that was a wonderful speech. I'm like, really? That that was a wonderful speech? Like, come on now. Let's be for real. 
you know, and these are the people that you want our children to look um, up to, like, you know, like you, like my daughter, I have to, I have to um, sit, um, sit her down and stuff. Oh, um, you know, um, they said Donald Trump is racist. I said, well, who, who told you? Oh, everybody's saying it. I said, yeah, everybody's saying it. I said, but you, how do you know he's racist? Oh, the thing that they say he said, like what? What did he say? <laughs> so, you know, and, and I put her in a tough position. And I told her, listen, when you hear people are saying things, you have to go and Google stuff, just like you could go and look for your TV show to watch, or you could um, Google um, whoever name, if you want to read about them. I said, you have to go and do your own research before you judge somebody. Because your tongue could cause someone to die. Rumors could cause someone to go to jail. And I'm very serious about that because I came from the hood. You understand? Our mentality is different. Someone's mouth could cause you to die. So I say, and I put her, and I make her go and do the research, and I make her uh, um, do the research versus Barack Obama and Donald Trump, uh, who, what president sent more people back in their countries, uh, what policy that both presidents passed that helped the black community and stuff. And she had to do the research. And now, and I told her, now you know better. You're informed now. People are not going to brainwash you. And when they're saying the garbage, if you cannot um, straighten them out, walk away. Yeah. That's walk true. away. Because Barack Obama himself, when he was um, the president, he told the black parents, turn off the TV in your house. He doesn't have to go between the line and tell you anything else. If you don't understand what he just told you, that's on you. Yeah, he told you, turn off the TV. So. Yeah, no, I agree with you. hundred percent. You know, people really need to start doing more research. And I mean, and it's not even just on like, policy you know research you know for candidates they definitely need to do that because they don't understand a goddamn thing about what the people they elect to do a job do but you know it's they need to just in general do research like yeah. they need to do research on the companies that they do business with or for they need to do research about the schools they attend and what are their records like they need to do research on what their you know tv stations are really pushing you know who are backing those tv stations you know for the shows that they're watching you know and they need to really start thinking more specifically or more straightforward into you know what they are going to be doing in general to make real solutions and what kind of solutions can they bring that may not include government intervention what are some things that we can actually do to make a change amongst ourselves you know we can't just rely on the government to do everything for us well if they're smart enough by now they should know <laughs> they can't rely on the government 
if, if, if this coronavirus did anything, it just opened my eyes more to go out there and struggle and hustle even more to be more independent. Because this pandemic showed us, again, government focus is in the 1%. And things that, you know, um, um, there was one thing that you said earlier, um, you know, and I wanted to attack that, you know, um, um, what can we do in our neighborhood, right? In, in our community, right? Mm -hmm. Here's what I think, right? The focus should be, and I think we discussed that already, is the local politicians. Presidential, a lot of people think the, uh, uh, the, uh, the office for the president is the most important office. It's not. It's not the most important office because we already know is the local politicians, the local offices that affect our day-to-day -day life um, style. It's the law that they pass for our city or our state that affect us. So the presidential candidates, this is just a parade. I don't know why we pay so much attention to it because in the end of the day, if the you know if the one percent don't want Donald Trump, they're gonna go for Joe Biden. If they don't want Joe Biden, they're gonna go for um, Donald Trump. Either way, it don't matter who they vote this year or who they vote four years later on. They're always welcome. Yeah, because they, they know that that doesn't do shit. Like there's absolutely nothing that you know will they will do to affect them because. What they really care about is those congressional races and also those local races for people who do things within the states. And yeah. they make, and, and conveniently, as we always say, those are the one of the elections that are the least attended. <laughs> yeah, and, 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 and this is one of the biggest things that, you know, I think we should focus on. Um, because people need to attend those meetings. People need to know in the local um, um, level what's going on and who's running for office and why they're running for office. Um, and, you know, they keep blaming the president. They keep blaming the president. The president ain't got shit to do with it. Yeah. You understand the, the president on um, power only goes so far with the local um, government. For example, all the riot is going on for George Death, right? Did you know putting your knees on their neck, it was in the law and their training and that um, um, in, in, in the police book learning where it happened? Yep. I so did. if if people were focusing in the local part of it and these people that was in office, they were Democrats, why they didn't go over this book say, you know what, we have to redo uh, um, the law, how police interact with people. We don't think this is right. We're going to remove it. Why, why they have to wait until something happened and now everybody's blaming the president for what's going on. Regardless if it was Donald Trump or anybody else, the fact of the matter is you had chances and opportunity to change those system because you will claim to be for the people, 
in the mid office, your first job and your first priority is to review the law that's in the local section and to see if those law and if those policy really gonna help to improve the people in this community and whatever's in the law that's not going to help the community, we move it. Right. And now even before you get into office, you know, you should be looking at these, the, the books on the law uh, or the laws on the books rather, sorry. Um, but you should be looking at the laws that are on the books and you should have a strong campaign message yeah. when you're running for office saying, these are the things I want to change. Like all of this information is public knowledge. You know, anybody can have access to these laws that are on the books, you know, so they, proactive candidates should be legitimately looking at these things and really bringing up some some policy amendments or law amendments that can be changed or introduced to you know make the situation better and for example the ones who you know care about changing police so much you know the democrats should be the ones that are spearheading this initiative to bring about community policing so, for example, if they're fighting so much and, and feel so confident about com community policing, which is a good thing, and we've seen that it's been doing good thing in certain cities, why not make this a statewide thing? You know, why not be the example to show that, hey, we've instituted these, these policies and we've been able to um, make a massive reduction in crime in our areas? You know, take this to cities like Detroit, take this to cities like Compton, take this to cities like Camden and different things. And in Camden, they do have a community policing thing and they saw that it was working or apparently there was some good news around it. But if that's the case, then try it out. You have the power to do so. Like the president doesn't stop you from being able to do community service policing, you know, and, you know, so, the, but what I'm saying here is that, you know, what they may realize from the study or, or what, what the actuality of this study is, is that they're actually afraid to have some of these policies come through and maybe change out people for a social worker. And again, that leads me back to our, you know, my original point here in this whole episode of, you know, people get paid to push an, ex an objective and they get paid to push policy. Like nobody thinks in their right mind, you know, that these policies are going to work. But they nevertheless push these things because they know that they can write a book about it. They know they can make video segments about it. They know they can have a successful podcast talking about it. You know, they know that they can get into office talking about it. You know, so these are like the central issues here that we're dealing with. Like there's no um, commitment to actually making legitimate policy well, and, you know, holding the right people accountable. Well, you, you know, something that you said yeah, that, that is important, right? In the places that where it's working and they know it's working, why they don't um, spread it throughout the country? There's a reason for it, right? There's something that calls super predators that they still worry about and concern about, Right. You, you take you take the place like Detroit, right? Detroit being under Democratic um, um, leadership for the past what 50, 60 years, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I would imagine around that time. Yeah. So the police department is so. I think 
it's the smallest police department, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, 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 um, well, I'm not going to say the country because Alaska is, is very small. But you take a place like that, right? If the Democrats had this place for over 50, 60 years, this city should have been the golden city of American city. It should have been the mm -hmm. most prosperous place in America. And when we look at it, that's not what we see. And you cannot really blame, the Democrats right now cannot really blame anyone for it because Donald Trump only been in office for, for uh, four years, right? You have Bill Clinton came, we had Barack Obama came, and you always had these places and they have not been any change over a decade in those areas. Well, more, oh, more than a century, half a century. Yeah, so... More than a decade, well over a decade. So if people are really paying attention and people are really looking through the cracks and people are reading between the lines of what's going on, they will know the whole structure it stands on bullshit. You know, like uh, uh, um, John Stewart used to call people in Fox News over there in um, bullshit mountains. The Democrats are standing in bullshit mountains right now. Because the whole structure that they claim and the good that they claim that they do, everybody could see through it. You take De um, um, Detroit, you take all these places, you look at it, and you see what they have done to it, and then you're going to tell me that you want to defund the police. You have to be more pacific of what you want to do with the police department. You have to be more pacific and you have to give plans of what you want to do, why you want to do it, for people to support it. Just saying that defund the police doesn't work with me. Does not work with nobody, really. So, they, you know, they need... They, People, like you said, people need to make them work. They're not, they're not working. They're just chilling. They're collecting their paycheck. They're chilling. If you look at that party and you look at the Republican Party, if the Republican um, um, people step out of line, you see people marching in the street. Like you, they, they knock. They come to those uh, 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 um, uh, 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 meetings. They, they start screaming at them calling their name, all these things. They make sure the people that they vote in office stays in line. We're not doing none of that. And which is why we should, we will direct people to attend those meetings, those town hall meetings, to question those, uh, 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 anything that's going to affect the community. And one thing the black community well, let me not say black community, our community, the poor community, should be worried about. One thing that Donald Trump trying to pass, which I agree with, free school choice. If this neighborhood is going down, and we all know it's going down, and the school system in this neighborhood is garbage, why would you want me to send my kids to it? Why can I bring my kid to a school system where my kids will have a chance of success? 
Why, why do you want to force me? I'm paying tax. I'm a good citizen. Why am I being forced to send my kids to a school that's spelling? And all these things is things that the black community, the Spanish community, the Indian community suffering. Ask yourself those questions. Those laws that's in the book help us in the long run. Yep. Oh, 100%. And, you know, I, I think that was perfectly said, and I couldn't agree more. And, you know, I think, you know, we're, we're making this the first episode of season two of our podcast series. So I think season two is, is should really be dedicated to really talking about some of these solutions Right. And some of the things that people can do can, you know, to really, truly make it a, a difference. It's kind of like our season one of, of, of our podcasts where, you know, opening your eyes, you know, let's let let's let you see what's going on, you know, and, and get you to critically think about some of these things. Um, and now you know, as we enter into like a season two segment of New Black Nation, we really should and will be committed to um, really bringing out some real solutions for people. Like, let's start talking about real things on the ground that can be done um, to make differences and kind of spread it with as many people as we possibly can. All of our listeners do should do the same. Um, but yeah, no, I love this conversation. And I think this is definitely a conversation um, that leaves us with some very interesting food for thought. And I'm looking forward to see how we now take all of this information um, that we've talked about, you know, over the series of these episodes and um, really mold them into um, something that we can put into action. I, I agree. Perfect. And we are at the hour for our segment. Um, so as always, I would love to uh, tell all of our wonderful listeners that you can always get into contact with us by seeing us on social media. Um, you can search us by um, our names, Greg Victorin or Brandon Wang. Um, and you can also email us at our email addresses, um, which we check regularly, um, gvictorin at mbnusa.com, gvictorin at mbnusa.com, and bwang at nbnusa.com. Um, please feel free to send us emails and chat with us and connect with us. Um, we love to hear from you. Um, and we thank you for watching another episode of New Black Nation Podcast. Until next time, bye-bye, everyone. <laughs>